1: Hello and welcome to Tunes and Tumblers Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood Tunes and Tumblers a like, subscribe, share, and everything on all the platforms and tell your friends about us. Or don't, we can't tell you what to do. But you know, if the show gets canceled, it'll be because you didn't tell your friends. So, you know, no pressure. Please mull that over responsibly. Fans who have been with us since season one will also recognize another voice on the pod today. Our very first musical guest, grunge pop singer-songwriter Talker, will be joining us at the end of the show to tell us all about her stellar new EP, In Awe of Insignificance, which dropped on all platforms two weeks ago. And we're going to give you all a sneak peek at the spacious, blistering single for the sake of it. We've all come a long way since sitting around Drew's dining room table with $10 microphones, but hopefully she isn't too cool for us yet. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I found a couple of guys selling their plasma for Coachella tickets, and they are...
0: Ryan, your music connoisseur.
2: And Pedro, your mixologist.
1: Thank you for joining me, gents. It's a new month, new us. How does it feel to be out of Parch March?
2: fantastic i mean i never really did it but yeah (laughs) what i mean yeah no i was totally dry all of march parched as hell
1: (laughs) stay thirsty
0: (laughs) i'm a dry guy what can i say
1: (laughs) (laughs) moisturizer don't care for it But anyway, we're back here in the Century Club studio, and I think that, unless I'm mistaken, we need to warm up those brain cells before we kill them with alcohol. Ryan, is there something you brought to read to us, Uh, Good Little Children for Bands and Bookmarks?
0: Yes, I found something that is very much not for children. Um, This is from, because we're moving a little slowly today, I think it was fitting to pull something from a zine, you know, a little easier reading. So this is from a punk zine called Jetlag from 1980. I think it'll relate to what we're talking about today, and I hope you'll enjoy it. This is uh, Chuck Berry, um, rest in peace, uh, being interviewed, um, sharing his thoughts about what the kids are listening to these days. This is a fun format that would happen over the years. There's a great one with Stephen Stills that I might read a couple from as well, but I want to focus on this one from Chuck Berry. So here's Chuck on the Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen. What's this guy so angry about anyway? Guitar work (laughs) and progression is like mine. Good backbeat. Can't understand most of the vocals. If you're going to be mad, at least let the people know what you're mad about. (laughs) (laughs) The Clash's Complete Control. Sounds like the first one. The rhythm and the cording work well together. Did this guy have a sore throat when he sang the vocals? (laughs) Uh... Chuck Berry on the Ramones, Sheena is a punk rocker. A good little jump number. These guys remind me of myself when I first started. I only knew three chords too.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what a backhanded compliment, <laughs> that shade. one.
0: The yeah. yep. shade. <laughs> yeah. All right. And here's, uh, here he is on the romantics, What I Like About You. Finally, something you can dance to. Sounds a lot like the 60s with some, some of my riffs thrown in for good measure. You say this is new? I've heard this stuff plenty of times. I can't understand the big fuss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, god so much shade here he is on um talking head psycho killer a funky little number that's for sure i like the bass a lot good mixture and a real good flow the singer sounds like he has a bad case of stage fright
2: oh my god
0: <laughs> that's probably the nicest he's been i think uh, uh, I yeah of all these rave review mm-hmm. right there <laughs> uh last one um Wires I Am the Fly, Enjoy Division's Unknown Pleasures. So this is the so called new stuff. It's nothing I ain't heard before. It sounds a lot like an old blues jam that BB and Muddy would carry on backstage at the old amphitheater in Chicago. The instruments may be different, but the experiment's the same.
2: (laughs) I mean (laughs) I feel like this stuff just sort of like this stuff gets said every year by like every generation that came
0: before Mm -hmm. anyway.
2: (laughs) But I mean it's not like it's not true to some extent, but yeah. It's nice to know some things don't change.
0: It's an interesting one because he actually is someone who invented a format, yeah, and is an innovator in a lot of ways. Yeah, but yeah, it sounds funny looking back on it now. Where it's like, oh yeah, all this new stuff. I've done it and seen it. (laughs) Um, I (laughs) guess nothing is. (laughs) There's nothing new under the sun, I guess, as they say. Uh, Maybe we'll let's save the Stephen Stills one for another time. That one's very funny. Um, Oh wow. Uh, tune <laughs> into the stills next century Crunch. club that's right from Crosby stills and Nash maybe when we have more that's... Neil Young news in a couple weeks we'll, we'll revisit <laughs> that one is he pulling his stuff from title yet uh, I think the latest with Neil is that he's decided to put stuff back up to Spotify in a higher format and a there's been an announcement of, like audio format like a higher okay. quality level and I think he's made nice mostly with them that's a, that's a discussion for another time, I think. <laughs> I'm still waiting for oh, my, my Pono in the mail, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and before you know it, he's going to be the next guest on Joe Rogan. We'll have come full circle. <laughs> this is, the, uh, this is the, the darkest timeline, something something darkest timeline. <laughs> Indeed. Thanks for the book learning, as always, Ryan.
0: Mm-hmm. Lots of learning there.
1: Yes, lots of learning about the late, great Chuck Berry and how he invented everything. Uh, no shade <laughs> there. He did quite literally invent a lot of rock and roll. Like you, you weren't kidding. But I feel very much ready to purge all of that from my mind with some good old-fashioned drinking. Whew. And I think we have something special to get us nice and thirsty for the reopening of the TNT bar. Ryan, what are we listening to today?
0: We are listening to the new single from Harry Styles, and it's called As It Was.
1: Woo! Sick. And you you guys, if you know me, you know that I'm actually a Harry stan. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's pretty, it's true, I was one of those assholes who thought One Direction was one of the worst things to happen to pop music. And before you guys say anything, I see the error of my ways now, but... In terms of uh, post one direction output, I think that Harry is the cream of the crop. and I'm not gonna hate on any of you out there who prefer Niall or Zayn or Liam. I'll just say that you're wrong and we'll move on. Uh, I you know, I was uh, a huge fan of the uh, the 60s and 70s pop psychedelia that he explored with his last record, Fine Line. And it seems like he's finding his voice more and more as he comes into his own as a solo artist. I love the synths on this one and the driving drum kit. Uh, It's subdued, yet I think it's uh, purposeful. And, you know, it signals a further step in his evolution as a a rock star, really. Um, At least we can hope. Harry's house is still a month away. And, uh, you know, that doesn't even mention my profound thirst for this man. Speaking of which, Pedro, can you please keep us hydrated for our talk about Harry? Can do.
2: Um, Yeah, I also, I I really like this song. Um, And I really like the music video. The music video really inspired this shot mostly. So in the music video, Harry's wearing this like bright red outfit and his uh, love interest, the character, is wearing bright blue. So I kind of wanted to put that into the shot. So what I've got is um, Campari at the bottom and there's blue curacao layered on top of it. So the very top has a really bright blue sheen to it. The very bottom has this red... Really like, like just bright red, and then in the middle, it all sort of like comes together into this dark, dark like purple that you can barely see through. The music video sort of explores this thing of them coming together, but then also like separating and like they're moving apart all the time, but they're constantly moving in the same direction. And it's I really love the choreography in it. Um, so it's sort of yeah, it's sort of an homage to to Harry's character and. Um, the love interest character in the video. So yeah, I've got this, it's sort of these two colors uh, separated, but also melding together, and I'm calling it a gravity pull. Ooh. Hmm. That's that right there. Nice.
1: Yeah, too bad that uh, gravity is all a uh, a hoax by, by Big Pharma. But <laughs> I'm looking at that, and I'm getting thirsty just yeah, taking it, it all in.
2: It, it's, uh, it smells pretty good. It's got... So, like, it's the Campari and it's Blue Curacao, so it's got, like, a lot of bitterness but a lot of sweetness at the same time. It's... it's oh Yeah, they're sort of, like, competing but blending well. So, cheers, guys.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Definitely great with the themes of this song. Oh, it's tasty. Uh, oh I imagine. It's I tasty. Imagine.
0: <laughs> oh, it's good.
1: And, you know, knock on wood here, but, uh... <laughs> Cases are falling in Los Angeles pretty pretty precipitously. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that very, yeah. very soon I will get to taste one of these shots again. Let's hope. I said with a tear in my eyes. Also, <laughs> uh, tunes and tumblers spam, I was at a wedding yesterday, and uh, I'm very much feeling the after effects of that, so... My my thirst for Harry is somewhat subdued, but there's never such a thing as uh, too much or inappropriate Harry Styles. Everything is appropriate about Harry, in my opinion. <laughs> you guys,
0: he's a sexy, Anthony, sexy man. Anthony's Anthony's such a Harry stan that he threatened the kids who were featured at the beginning of the song, saying, "Harry, we
1: want to say goodnight to you." Like, shut up, Larry. Let him do his thing. Should have been me. we want to say goodnight to you that's what they say right something like that yeah the song's only been out for two days I have not heard it more than 10 times yet so the lyrics are still coming to me a little bit we're actually doing century club the way we used to which is recording it a couple of days before we release it so we're 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 current again Mm -hmm. we're back (laughs) as
2: it was (laughs)
1: But guys, what do you think about this song? Uh, This is our first glimpse at era number three of Harry Styles' solo work. A funky little number, that's for sure. I like the bass a lot. Good mixture and a real good flow.
0: I've already heard it before, though. (laughs) I already think I heard Twin Shadow do this on Saturdays. Who said that? That was my, oh my nod God. to Jason Sudeikis character on uh, SNL, <laughs> who's also relevant in the discussion of this, isn't he?
2: Oh, that's right, because <laughs> Olivia Wilde, right? That's, that's, that's who people are saying this song's about, right? That's what I heard? Yeah, Olivia I think Wilde. he
0: pretty expertly dropped enough references <laughs> for you to discern that he's talking about her, but it's not I- totally clear. I honestly had no idea that they were involved ever. Wow, Patreon! I
2: I don't, I know, I'm, I'm really bad at following like celebrity gossip.
0: What do you live under, Dwayne Johnson? (laughs) (laughs) We're moving on now. That was. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) I wish. (laughs) (laughs) God, this is a very, this is an incredibly um excitable podcast. Everyone's everyone's real thirsty today. Everyone's dehydrated this weekend.
1: I'm going to be putting a uh, a content warning at the top of this. But speaking of being dehydrated, uh, our, our good friend Harry here is going to be headlining Coachella. So, you know, the, the festival has changed a lot over the years, but I, somehow I feel like th- this is kind of a return to form, at least in the sense that he seems to me like he's embracing... Uh, the, the classic rock t- rock star image and mentality. What do you guys think about all that? What, wh- how do you feel he compares to the, the, the grand total of pop music that we have out right now?
2: I really like the way he, he makes, uh, I, I like the way he sort of, he's very like, I mean, we talk about it a lot where you're like really specific and yet very vague. Mm-hmm. Like he, he does, he does, he does that really well. He sort of, he sort of alludes enough to like very personal experiences, but, Makes it relatable, um, to anyone listening to it. Uh, and I mean, it's 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 a catchy song. It's it's upbeat but sad. Like, it's it's really good. Like, I I, like I'm not like I'm never someone to like gush about Harry Styles' music, but I I do enjoy it. Like, I can't say I don't enjoy it. I I enjoy what he makes, and I enjoy uh the visuals that he puts with it. Um, you know, him and whoever he's working with are doing a very good job of directing all that artistically. Um, especially this video. This video was like really cool. I love, I love the part where he's like laying on the ground and it's like all art. It's like a big mural mm-hmm. room, and he's like being separated from the other character. I, re- I really loved that part. Um, I don't know, but it also, it also just looks like he's, like you were saying, he's sort of like uh, embracing this, this, uh, this role that he's come into as you know. He's really, he does seem like he's becoming a rock star. Truly. Um, and he's sort of having fun with it, and he's it it seems like he's becoming uh aware of what he can do. you know what I mean mm-hmm. he, sort, he sort of understands his talent and what he can what he can really do with it. He's sort of exploring his potential, I think
0: yeah, he certainly wrote a song that I think allows anyone to see themselves in the song, and that's a definition of a great pop song
1: The songwriting, I think shines here, and one thing that he did he he works with Some of the same songwriters over and over again Uh, His collaborators Kid Harpoon and Tyler Johnson helped him write this one And they worked with him on the last two albums as well And he was saying that, you know, if you go in to write a song with like a session uh, Songwriter or musician Then they don't really care about like what you're doing It's just like, yeah, I'm working with you today But I got someone coming in tomorrow There's no real sense of of care about the piece and and what it means really and i do think that comes through as well like everything feels very cohesive and deliberate and consistent not consistent in quality per se but consistent in messaging and the feel and just like everything flows i think from one thing to the next in his work
3: mm.
0: they certainly follow in terms of the decades that have inspired him on each album it seems at least from hearing mm. this one song. The last one was touching on a lot of the 60s and 70s. This seems to be touching on the 80s. Um, He's growing up. And, and I think that, um, but interestingly, he talks about being inspired by Harry Nilsson for this.
1: Oh, yeah, um, I saw
0: that. That's so cool. But yeah, I mean, I hope that it would be foolish if Harry's House was not also the name of an 80s-style talk show that accompanies this. <laughs> and if the tent that he performs in at Coachella is not called Harry's House, I, I don't know what to say.
1: Harry's house will be a pop-up at Coachella, and inside it'll be like a Three Monkeys whiskey bar. It, it'll just be like a, a branded pop-up event.
4: Yeah,
2: completely.
0: Harry in the Big Blue House.
1: <laughs> what was that show? The big Bear
0: in the, the Big Blue House. Yeah, One of the first, yeah, that was a uh, Look, True
1: Heads, no. Iconic. True Heads. <laughs> Yo, do you even fuck with Bear in his Big Blue House? Yo, you sing with Luna every night? I bet you don't even know what the bananas And pajamas are doing every morning (laughs) Pushing each other down the stairs (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Harry's house Harry's house What do you think it'll be in Harry's house guys Besides that pop-up bar
2: Apparently all the furniture is going to be on the ceiling So seating is going to be awful
1: And it's Coachella
0: so water will not be included In the utilities (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh I thought that was like the whole thing is like oh and Coachella was way better because they gave us free water look how Coachella solved Woodstock 99 <laughs> oh that's right it's mm-hmm. been a while since I've been admittedly yeah I'm sure there is free water but yeah furniture on the ceiling That sounds about right mm-hmm. did you guys ever look at your ceiling as a kid and just like imagine what if like you built a house that was upside down
2: no, but I always imagined, like, you know that scene in Mary Poppins where they laugh so much that they float? Mm-hmm. I always imagined that. Like, I always wanted to hang out on, hang out on the ceiling because I laughed too hard.
1: Is that why you, you just, like, <laughs> kept laughing and laughing and nothing was working and your family got concerned?
2: Yeah, and the doctors couldn't explain it and, you know, all
1: that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Things got really oh. hazy.
2: I had to go live somewhere else for a while. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. We keep getting off topic today. I think our talk with girl music has rubbed off on us in a big way. Shout
2: out. Shout out. Shout
1: out. Come on to the show again. Um, keep us uh, keep us, sort of on t- task. Actually, no. They'd be the wrong people to do that. I think we'd be remiss, though, if we didn't mention that Harry's House is the name of a Joni Mitchell song, and apparently they are really good friends now, so at least I'm hoping... That we're gonna see a little bit of her on this new album.
0: I'm Boy, sure. I would hope so too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so many Harry references. <laughs> he's listening to Harry Nilsson.
3: <laughs>
2: that's the theme of this next album. It's just how many people with like, can I reference Harry with? As he's just getting everyone <laughs> in
0: there. That's right. I forgot about it. that's on. What's the Harry's house is on? Um, yeah, hissing of summer lawns.
1: mm Hmm. I wonder if Harry hey, Paradise will pull. put up
2: Harry's, house. <laughs> hey, put up Harry's hey, paradise, house. put up Harry's house. Put
0: up Harry's <laughs> house. All right, back to sleep. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Imagine Harry's house. How do you imagine it decorated? Honestly, mm. I'm I'm imagining like a lot of pillows on the ground. Yes. A lot of pillows on like very um fuck harem.
1: Yeah, floor to ceiling. Shag carpet. <laughs> yes.
2: No bright lights. Not a single bright light. The only bright light you yeah. get is if you open the shades on the windows.
1: For me, it's like if you've ever seen a Saint Motel music video, it's just like living inside one of those.
0: <laughs> or if you went into Pee Wee's Playhouse if you had been into Pee Wee's Playhouse after somebody <laughs> murdered every living uh thing in there. Is the vibe I would get from that, and
2: then didn't tell the next but, buyers that that right. would happen. P- <laughs>
0: Pee-wee's Playhouse crime scene is how <laughs> you see just this. The feeling, though, the feeling of it, you know. <laughs> <The> fe- <laughs> Somebody kind of had. That I
1: think you should leave sketch where it's just like <laughs> it's all Pee-wee. See this? Oh, the Garfield. I bought Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> 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 no, it's the dry guy who tried to kill Pee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pee Wee! Oh God, you you guys don't even know. I I kinda wanted to talk just a minute beforehand though, if we could get Mm. serious, about the significance of creating what I think is a very personal space to represent this album. It's Harry's house. Mm. Uh, What do you think is the significance in um, choosing something, it's like a personal and a safe place that we build for ourselves. Why Harry's house?
2: And he feels like it's sort of giving a glimpse into things you wouldn't normally see, right? That's what happens, you know, in people's houses. You don't really know what's going on in there, and even in this song, there is like moments where it's like he's quoting like a phone conversation, right? You wouldn't really hear that unless you were in the house or on the other end of the line. Um, So maybe it's the significance of it is like he's he's trying to give a glimpse into those moments, those those really little personal moments that aren't really for sharing, but you remember them forever, maybe. Like, you just sort of mm-hmm. cling to those little things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like a good theory. Welcoming you inside.
1: Right. And, yeah, exactly. Even uh, the, the promo material, what was the name of the account? Your home or something like that. Oh, really? so, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like Yeah, you're being invited into some place that is very intimate. Like you were saying, Pedro, no one knows what's going on in there but he's inviting you in. And it seems more like, we, we have these parasocial relationships with celebrities all the time where you feel like you're a part of the world even if they, they don't even know you exist. Right. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. We, we search for connection everywhere. And I think yeah. that with this album, Harry is letting us into his sanctum, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Even if he doesn't know who we are, he's like, hey, we're all welcome here. Uh welcome to the, the the darkness of my mind. Well, maybe not I mean the uh the seventies the <laughs> sex dungeon of my mind. There we go. <laughs> yep. Maybe dungeon's the wrong word. What's the right word for that?
2: I don't know. Dungeon was fine with me, but that, I'm that kind of person, so No but yeah, I think I think you're totally right. That sounds that sounds pretty spot on. Yeah. Also Drew, don't also whole- when when you feel connected to a celebrity, don't let it go too far.
1: Oh yeah, don't be like Mitski's fans. Don't be Don't, don't get be, weird.
2: Don't Yeah, don't be weird.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're we're very close to the end of time, but I want to open it up a little bit. Let's say that we're not going to Harry's house. Let's say we're going to your house and you're inviting us in to your place. Oh boy. What is something you always need in your house that tells us something about you? <laughs> uh Ryan, we're uh... this look.
0: <laughs> No, Pedro. Pedro was going to say something. Uh,
2: no, I was just going to say. Usually, I need uh, not a lot of uh, blank wall space. Like there just has to be stuff up to look at, for sure. And probably There's... a few. And probably a few randomly placed disco balls.
0: Indeed, I like to have. Um, I think it's always important to have good coffee table books out, interesting reading material. I'm bound to look at. Uh, in the event of someone having to step out or someone goes to the bathroom for a while, there's always something there to uh, occupy your attention. And I think the best book to do that is The Gathering of the Juggalos. I love that book. <laughs> it Please is a good tell book. tell our
1: listeners about it.
0: Yeah, I recommend um, this book for anyone looking for a gift um, for child or grandparent, parole officer, <laughs> mentor. Um, the Gathering of the Juggalos is a festival put on by the, uh, the guys in Insane Clown Posse, sort of like the Juggalo Woodstock. And there's a photo book um, of someone documenting sort of the, not really any of the, the show so much, but mostly just the fans, you know, there before and after. So it's a really beautiful book. Makes me want to become a Juggalo, honestly.
2: It's like Mountain Dew for the Eyes.
1: <laughs> uh fago for the eyes pedro F- sorry
2: fago for the eyes my bad
0: <laughs> no but i i truly think yeah having some yeah having something there to to leaf through or if um you know it's good to be there in case you're having a conversation and you're just you're over it you just open a book even while someone's talking to you <laughs> and start looking at it and it's a great way to signal that you're not you're just not interested anymore <laughs>
2: You're trying to look at your phone? No, you really want to let someone know you're done with this conversation. You open a book.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, you took mine. Like literally, my my place is covered in books. Also, a couple of really nice audio cassettes. Uh, one of them is the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, gifted by a good friend of mine with uh, a lot of uh, taste and thrifting. <laughs> Wonder who that's that a good is. one. <laughs> Yeah, but. I also, records are a good thing to flip through. I feel like you can learn a lot about a person by what they've curated in their record collection. Um, not necessarily good or bad things, just interesting things. Like, huh, oh my gosh, you, uh, uh, you're, you're really into um, comedy records from the 50s. That's cool. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Really I'm into, la- into dated
0: backwards humor.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: You're really into trying to trap pigeons and train them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or it's just one of those records that's keep your dog company while you're out.
2: <laughs> Either way, you can learn a lot.
1: Honestly, my record collection is more it's it's less the records that I listen to all the time and ones that I use to set a mood. Like mm. I, the, the only Arctic Monkeys album I own is Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino because that is perfect lounge music front to back. Like You throw that on and you're just like, all right, I'm going to go make us a couple of old fashions and we're going to sit on the carpet together. That sounds terrible. I'm
3: <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs>
0: And your friends will say, "Just like to Harry, why are you sitting on the floor? What kind what? of pills are you on? <laughs> why is your couch
2: on the ceiling? What the fuck,
0: <laughs> dude? This is that not nailed in? That's gonna fall, dude. <laughs> Who's your decorator?
1: <laughs> uh, and with that, I think it's time that we said hi to our special guest for the day. Are you guys ready? Yeah. <laughs> Day Ones will recognize the voice of our Century Club guest today. She's an indie rock singer and songwriter from Los Angeles, California, or as she likes to call her music, indie rock with glitter all over it. She cut her teeth touring with the electropop group Friendship, but has since come into her own as one of LA's unmissable local acts. She's been praised by music publications across the board from Billboard and NPR to the AV Club and Atwood Magazine, which I may or may not have had anything to do with. She's here today to talk about her incredible third EP, In Awe of Insignificance, which is truly awe-inducing in its gargantuan production and sublimely confessional lyrics. Tunes and Tumblrs fam, please welcome Talker to the pod.
5: Hey guys.
1: What up, what up? Welcome back.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm I'm so excited. This is full circle. Truly.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, three years later, uh, one of us has gotten way bigger than the others. Um, not saying which, <laughs> listeners. You be the uh, you be the uh, the judge here. Is that a comment on my weight, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> not appreciated. First, of I wasn't all. gonna say anything, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> The last time you were on the pod was right before Keep You Safe dropped, which feels like a whole lifetime and a global disaster away from us. How have things been for you in the past three years?
5: You know, the pandemic aside, like things have been good. I released Wax, the EP that Keep Me Safe was on uh, March 6th, 2020. (laughs) and had that show at the bootleg on march 8th so it was like i i did get to kind of like squeeze in under the radar a release show and like try to do something there but yeah obviously like for all of us you know that came to a screeching halt but um but it's been good i mean i do i i've been feeling really good about like my own growth artistically and i think like having listened to wax and in awe of insignificance, I'm sure you can hear just the the difference in terms of like where I've been trying to evolve my sound. And, you know, I was obviously like the pandemic. I don't want to make light of it because it's horrible. Um, But for me, there was an opportunity to slow down. I was very lucky that I didn't get sick and that none of my family members got sick. So for me, it was really like, A choice of like i can kind of check out and like which is also like super warranted or i can use the opportunity to just try to like really lean into like the more internal creative like introspective side of things and get writing and producing
1: speaking of the pandemic how did that inform your creative direction on in of insignificance if at all
5: i mean it, it did a lot um i think that i have always had like a a very wide range of influences um and you know some of my music has had a more singer-songwriter feel some of it has had a more indie feel and obviously there's been kind of like this like emo type of influence in there a little bit as well and it's something where while i love that style of music it's never been something that I've been like, this is me and this is what I want to do. And I think that like with wax, somehow I kind of got like lumped into that a little bit. Not like a ton where it was like, she is a pop punk artist. But I-, I think that it was kind of going. I I I kind of could have made a choice to go that direction or the other. Like, I think that there was kind of a crossroads there. Um and so when I started working on the EP, I really wanted to lean into more of the like ethereal indie, I don't know, like I just wanted to lean in a in a slightly different direction for for this record and um I actually so this this just kind of coincidentally timed out with the pandemic, but I started getting really into visual art and I was like totally leaning into like putting up a bunch of art in my room that I'm like looking at right now. Um, and like leaning into appreciating and creating visual art. And so I was kind of curating this world around me. Um, and so when it came time to start working on new stuff and thinking about that, I actually, instead of having, like, like I said, I was at this crossroads sonically where I was like, I can kind of like I think that I need to commit to one or the other type of vibe a little bit. Instead of taking any sonic influences, I made this like Pinterest mood board of all this different visual art. And I was like, okay, I love this. This is the world that I want to live in. This is the world that I want to create. And I want my music to be a soundtrack for this world, whatever that means. So for me, that was a lot of big, like cathartic moments ambient moments uh really sweeping production like you know and i so then in getting into the studio with with dan satan i think we kind of took that and like tried to access like what other music made me feel that way and use that as a production reference so we're using like you know the killers phoebe bridgers um moona and also like I I, there's like a whole playlist and it's all of course a blank to me now but um that was kind of like the the way that it went uh musically and by that same token um again like every time I say this I need to give that disclaimer of like I I don't you know I don't want to downplay the pandemic and it's horribleness but again I had this opportunity all of a sudden to like be good, getting outside way more, like going camping way more, like doing all these things. Like I started surfing cause it felt like one of the only things that I could do. And like, I found a surfboard for 30 bucks and I was like, this is one of the only things that we can like do to get some adrenaline, stuff like that. And so I was like, gathering those types of emotions in my life and I was so inspired by like suddenly like being outside more we're so lucky to live in California where we can do that of course um so I was also kind of emulating that in my life and trying to like get that across in the music
1: I think that really comes across too I was just thinking about quarantine projects mine at the very beginning was longboarding more I found my old longboard in the back of my closet and I'm like I'm gonna just do this, like not doing anything else.
5: Mm-hmm. I had a longboarding phase for sure in the pandemic, but <clears throat> that one didn't stick.
1: Oh, I think the one that's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that throughout the promotion of this EP, you've called it your most fiercely personal to date. What is it about this record that hits so close to home for you?
5: I really wanted to like feel and tap into like all of the extremes. Of emotion, and there are some like I think more than in past works, you know, I have some like heartbreak songs and some really sad stuff, but then I also kind of have like some sillier stuff or some more playful stuff and some more upbeat stuff. I think that it's a side of myself that I hadn't been allowing to fully come through, and I think you know, we're all such multifaceted people, and I think that sometimes we can get in our head about needing to like only focus on one thing or whatever. And I just, you know, I, I, I don't only write sad songs. And if some songs are sad, there's, you know, there's multiple things going on in there and they're complex emotions. And so I wanted to actually give a full picture.
1: Yeah. And I, one thing that I noticed about these songs is that they feel very transitional too. There's this theme of confronting the new, the unfamiliar, the terrifying, and how we react to that. And I think that the song that I keep coming back to is that kind of mission statement is growing up, especially that really anxious refrain, you want to get better, I don't have an answer. Do you think there's ever an answer to that shock and immobility we feel when our lives suddenly shift gears?
5: No. No. <laughs> and I think that, absolutely not. I mean, maybe for some people, but not for me. And I think, here, here's the answer. So Suddenly I have it. <laughs> the most succinct way that I can describe that song and what I want to say towards that and towards your question is like, growing up is less about having the answers and more figuring out how to deal with all of the chaos in a way that does not completely derail your life. And is not incredibly self-destructive. Um, because I think that that tends to be my tendency. I think a lot of people have that tendency. And so nothing changes as you get older. It's still an absolute shit show, but you deal with it in a way that's not, not gonna just totally mess everything up. Yeah.
1: One thing that I've noticed about my own anxiety is that it's most powerful when I look at everything that is going on and everything that I need to do That's uh, very much an in awe of insignificance moment, but the thing that I think brings me back to Earth a little bit is just doing what you're doing. The one thing on that list. It's like, I have a million things to do today. Well, no, no, you, you, you are putting your shoes on, you're walking to the door, you're going to your car, and each little thing is manageable in itself.
5: Absolutely.
1: Well, I, I personally, I love this record so much and I love the show that you did the other night to promote it. Like That felt like a really big moment coming out of the pandemic, even though nobody was wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it was funny. Like I was wearing mine at first and then I was like, so many people were like, which I should have kept it on in a way because so many people were coming up to talk to me, but then you're like, people are like looking at you trying to figure out if you're you and they came for you and I was like (laughs) I was like oh my god like what is happening but that aside it was so fun and yeah thank you for for being there but yeah it felt like a really really special night and like you know I got to have like the people that worked on this record with me in the band and we hadn't like played live music together in so long um so it was really special
0: it felt fun too. It really did feel like you guys were really enjoying it as a band together. There was a great Talking Heads cover thrown in there. Mm-hmm. We have to ask if that will come out any time, ever.
5: <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be realistic and say probably not. Just because I have, it's it's one more thing that I'm gonna add to my plate. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think I think there's a possibility. I think you know Talking Heads are a huge inspiration for me and especially on this record in terms of like leaning into those weirder like artier tendencies um it felt like a no-brainer to do it at the show and yeah we'll we'll see
1: totally and you know we're kind of coming to the end of things here unfortunately as much as i would like to continue talking all about this record but i want to open this up to the group a little bit and have like a little a little thinking session what is something so sublime y'all that it leaves you in awe of your own insignificance could be anything <laughs> to me it's my mountain of laundry that has been piling up for a month
5: yeah that's very sad chick of you <laughs> it is. hey it
2: really is when i'm out in nature is when like i sort of like when i'm looking at like it's massive like mountain or like you know huge trees stuff like that i'm just like damn that shit makes me an odd my own insignificance
5: going back to that surfing thing the ocean i mean mm, yes that'll just kill you right away
0: <laughs> yeah it's a really humbling thing isn't it
5: it's a very humbling thing getting like totally knocked around mm-hmm. under the water and also like you feel so connected to it at the same time mm-hmm.
3: yeah Absolutely. there's like a weird
2: there's like a weird pull like some weird primal pull but it like it's like come up here so i can kill you <laughs> and it's got like so many ways it can do it it's terrifying but it's so pretty
0: this is not as a, this is not as profound but i feel like so i like bike riding quite a bit and there's nothing to there's nothing that makes you feel more insignificant than being a cyclist in los angeles <laughs> <laughs> um you're never more hated or like ignored or attempted to be ignored when you're trying to like share the street with a car um But when that's not happening, I suppose also just you look at the, you look at your surroundings a little bit differently. I think when you're biking than you do when you're driving, I think you're much more alert and yeah, more connected to your surroundings in a way that makes you feel, I I lose myself personally when I'm, when I'm bike riding. And so I guess that's probably equivalent to that.
5: I think that's actually a very profound answer because that I will, I will say like that is kind of the point of the record and the message of the title and everything. It's like. Not only these huge things that we do, like going out into nature or whatever, it's like just those things that we can do every day and those things that kind of pull you out of yourself in something that seemingly, you know, just an everyday thing. But it it has a huge impact on your life.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the album art also really reflects that in an interesting way. Was that what's the story behind that?
5: Uh, There's this artist, Colin Crane, who I just Mm. love. He did. He did. He did the artwork for my friend's Teenage Wrist, if you know that band. So he did their album artwork and I literally just like messaged them and I was like, who did this? I love it. I want to talk to this guy. Um, And he ended up being like the sweetest person I've ever met. And he did all of the single artwork as well as the album artwork. And we just like met up. I kind of talked to him about the concept, sent him the record and was like, basically had this kind of conversation with him right and i was like i want to see your interpretation of that and there were very few edits that i had to make on any of these things and very few notes i had to give him because he just really got the concept and um if you notice like in the single artwork leading up to the album artwork there's always a girl whether she's you know not really like the focal point of any of it but there's always like a girl and he he kind of took that in terms of having me surrounded by all of this, all of this stuff, you know, that was, it was a very, very cool process getting to have somebody like that on this project.
1: That's amazing.
2: Collaboration. i like to change my answer I like real up. quick. No, you oh, can't, would you? Nope. Too bad.
1: Uh, <laughs> I have moments from time to time, especially being in a big city where when you're surrounded by people and you're just watching them do ordinary things, one thought that comes to me is that each of them has had a life so rich and deep and long and separate from your own and there are millions of people. And I think that in itself just makes me realize just like how much I am dwarfed by the human experience. Not, not as cool as laundry I know, but we're, <laughs> we're gonna go with that one. <laughs> But anyway, Celeste, thank you so much for coming by this morning and talking with us about this album. If you have not listened to it yet, go on to the streaming platforms, go on to Tidal, go on to Deezer, go on to Napster, uh, do not go <laughs> on to Spotify. <laughs> go on the ones that will, will, will actually pay a little bit more in royalties, or Bandcamp, Bandcamp Fridays.
5: But also mm-hmm. I, I want the algorithm gods to notice me. So if you're already <laughs> using Spotify and you're going to do it anyway, that's also appreciated.
1: <laughs> In fact, if you want to listen to more Talker, save the Tunes and Tumblr's YBLT playlist. We have a couple of bangers from the album on there already. And if you Dude. wait till the end of the show, you'll get to hear yet another one. So there's, there's plenty of opportunities to hear Talker. And in fact, before we go, Celeste, is there anything you would like to plug?
5: You know, I haven't announced it anywhere. I'm still locking a couple of the things in, but I am going on tour in June. So I'm gonna Mm. play all up and down the West Coast and I'm gonna be doing like, it's basically the US except for not the South because I can't afford to do everything just yet, but I'll be hitting Seattle through San Diego, Chicago through Providence, DC, Nashville, (laughs) Um, so those dates are to come if you follow me on socials, but yeah, that's coming up.
1: Nope. Woo. Where do I get my tickets?
5: Link in bio, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I get my tickets? (laughs) Well, thank you once again for stopping by. We've really enjoyed this. Let's not make it another three years before you're on the show again.
5: Yeah, I would love that.
1: and thank you all for listening to tunes and tumblers tunes and tumblers is an atwood magazine podcast and a member of the pantheon podcast network be sure to like the show and atwood on every platform and check out some more of pantheon's amazing music-based pods also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us a lot. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the episode description, you'll find a link where you can donate directly to the show. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on via Drew's adorable porcelain piggy bank that I can't wait to smash one day. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And without further ado, here is For the Sake of It by Talker. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
4: Ow you. Mm-hmm.